Hi there. This is the baseball lifer, Don Wardlow here. I like the opening of an old radio show from Grandpa's time. And that was called The Whistler. And he would say, I am the whistler. And I know many things, for I walk by night. Well, I am the baseball lifer, and I know many things, because I've spent a life loving baseball and spent 12 years broadcasting it on the minor league level. Well, I thought the subject today would be the Phillies. So pour yourself a cup of coffee if you want one. Have a seat and I'll talk to you about the Phillies. They're going to be in this World Series that's going to begin tonight as I record this for you on Friday the 28th. So they're going down to Houston and play the Astros in the World Series there. And it's been a while. The Phillies were in and and lost in 2009. But you go back a ways when the Phillies began. Uh, I don't know how better to say it. They were god-awful. They won one National League pennant in 1915. Think about that. 1915, when Woodrow Wilson was president, the year the Lusitania sunk, a couple of years before America got into World War I. And that was the one time the Phillies won a National League pennant. They won game one of the World Series that year, beating the Boston Red Sox, but then they got swept in the next four, ending that World Series. And they weren't seen again in the World Series until 1950. So think about that. They took from before World War I until the year of the Korean War between winning pennants. They moved into Scheib Park in 1938, and they played there right through the name change in 19. 19- 53 when it became Connie Mack Stadium and they played there until the end of the 1970 season when Veterans Stadium was ready to open and Vet Stadium saw the Phillies from the 70s until 2003 that was the end of that ballpark that's the only Philadelphia ballpark I've ever gone to I lived in a different part of the country when their present home opened in 2004. And since I've moved back here, I haven't had the opportunity to go to Philadelphia and check out the atmosphere of Citizens Bank Ballpark where they play now. But you know, as I say, they'd they'd gone from 1915 until 1950. The 1950 Phillies were called the Whiz Kids because a lot of them were young fellas. And Richie Ashburn was the fastest of them. And he ended up in Cooperstown. He was their center fielder. And if anything, he went to Cooperstown as much for broadcasting the Phillies, which he did for 35 years, as he did for playing with them. So from 1950, when the Yankees beat the Wiz Kids in four straight, it was a long road before the Phillies would get into 
the World Series. They came very close on several occasions. In 1964, they had an epic collapse that's still talked about all these years later. Then in 1976, 77, and 78, the Phillies won the National League Eastern Division all three of those years, but they lost in the playoffs. 76 was special. They were playing the Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine. They had won the World Series the year before that in 1975. Sometime you come around here and I'll, we'll talk about the 1975 World Series. I'll be glad to do that. But the Phillies were up against the Reds who had won that World Series. And the Phillies got swept in three. They The closest they came was game three in Cincinnati. They were ahead six to four going to the last of the ninth. And George Foster and Johnny Bench hit back-to-back home runs, and then the Reds manufactured a run to take the win and beat the Phillies in three straight. The next two years, they were somewhat more competitive in the playoffs. In 77 and 78, they lost both of those to the Dodgers. Now, in 79, the Phillies were not in the hunt for the playoffs, but they were involved in one of those incredible games that's almost worth an episode all by itself. The Phillies and the Cubs got together on May 17th, 1979. And you knew it was going to be a crazy day when the Phillies got ahead 7 to nothing in the top of the first inning with a couple of three-run home runs and the pitcher, Randy Lurch, hitting a solo shot. But Randy Lurch was out of there in the bottom of the first inning because the Cubs put up six runs. The final that day in 10 innings was 23-22 in favor of the Phillies. And that's the one moment that stood out in 1979. The Pirates were the class of the league that year, and they won the World Series that year. But 1980, that was the Phillies' year. After all the struggling in all the three lost playoff series. 1980 was their year. And consider this, free agency had begun in 1976, the year the Phillies began winning division pennants, but there were still 13 men on the 1980 Phillies who had been on the 1976 Phillies, and a lot of them held starring roles. Uh, Mike Schmidt, the third baseman, who I later got the chance to meet. Um, Larry Boa, their shortstop. Greg Luzinski in left field and Gary Maddox in center field, not to mention the catcher Bob Boone. And a number of their pitchers lasted and held on with the Phillies between 76 and 80. Steve Carlton, Larry Christensen, Doug McGraw, Randy Lurch, and Ron Reed. Carlton even had his personal catcher, Tim McCarver, with the Phillies all those years from 76 to 80. And even by then, McCarver was getting on toward the end of his career. So the Phillies that year faced the Houston Astros in the playoffs. 
And that playoff series was crazy. That is when they still only played three games out of five in the league championship series. And the only game in that series not to go extra innings was the first game. The rest all went extras. And game five was rerun a couple of nights ago on the MLB network. And any of us who were watching that really got a treat because it showed a lot about how differently the game was played 40-odd years ago. In that game, the Phillies were behind 5-2 to two going to the top of the eighth inning, facing Nolan Ryan when he was at the peak of his powers. Nolan Ryan, when, when he would let one go, um, umpire Ron Luciano on at least one occasion was questioned about a Ryan pitch, and Luciano said, it sounded low. And the batter said, what do you mean it sounded low? And the umpire said, you didn't think I could see that, did you? And this is in those years. 1980 was one of those years when Ryan was humming them in there. And they had the lead, the Astros did, 5-2, to two, and they stuck with Ryan, thinking that he would get them through it. But the Phillies put up five runs in the top of inning number eight. But on their medal, the Astros put up two of their own to tie the game at 7-7. And that brought the game into the 10th inning. And the Phillies put up one to make it 8-7 to seven to send them into the World Series. Their opponent on the other side of things had had an easier road. The Kansas City Royals unfortunately swept my beloved Yankees in three straight. And the one moment of that playoff series that stands out is a three-run home run hit by George Brett very late in the going against Goose Gossage in the third game of that playoff. So with the Yankees out of it, I certainly wasn't going to root for Kansas City to win that World Series. When it came time for game one, the Phillies pulled a rabbit out of a hat. And they chose Bob Walk, a rookie pitcher that wasn't all that well known. And Bob Walk, I might add, broadcasts baseball to this day for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But on that night the night of game one of the 1980 World Series. Bob Walk won that ball game, seven to six over the Royals. He lasted into the eighth inning. He did give up all six runs, but since the Red, the Phillies, since the Phillies had put up seven, that was good enough. He got the victory. And Tug McGraw, the left-hander, got the six-out save, he would get a couple of those in that World Series. The second game of that series was another Philadelphia win. Steve Carlton got the win over Dan Quisenberry. And he did that because the Phillies put up four runs in the bottom of the eighth inning to come from four to two down to take a six to four lead, which would turn out to be the margin of victory. And I can tell you, the old Vet Stadium held something close to 60,000 people 
when it was as full as it could get, as it would have been for those World Series games. So those 60,000 made an almighty racket in Philadelphia when the Phillies put up those four eighth-inning runs to bring them home to victory. So they were ahead two games to nothing as they went out to Kansas City, and they needed to be because the Royals were on top of their game in game three. They were behind early on, but Kansas City won that ball game four to three in 10 innings, and they beat Tug McGraw that time around. Game four, the Royals won another one. Five to three was the final. Brooklyn pitcher Dennis Leonard won that game for the Royals, and he beat Larry Christensen, a pitcher that I remember for his ability to hit home runs. In that game, Willie Mays Aikens of the Royals, who had hit two home runs in game one, hit two home runs again in game four. So you had an even World Series, two games apiece, as they went to game five. And this time, when the Phillies absolutely had to win one, they got two runs in the ninth. They'd been behind three to two. They took home a four to three win. Um, Tug McGraw got the win, and Dan Quisenberry got his second loss of the World Series. Game six was the easiest Philadelphia win. Steve Carlton was flat out dominating, and there was nobody tougher when he was on top of his game. He got the win over Rich Gale in that contest. The one moment I can remember from game six of that World Series was Willie Wilson striking out to end the series. He struck out 12 times overall in the six games that were played, and that's a record that stood until 2009, almost 30 years. And the Phillies' own Ryan Howard broke that record by striking out 13 times when the Phillies lost the World Series to the Yankees. The Phillies were in the playoffs the next year, 1981. They got beat by the Expos. And after the Cardinals took the World Series in 82, then the Phillies were back in the Fall Classic in 83, up against the Orioles. And that was a daunting task. They lost to the Orioles four games to one. And it would be 10 years before the Phillies would be back. They came back to the 1993 World Series. They lost that one four games to two to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's one of two World Series that ended on a walk-off home run. Joe Carter hit it to end the 93 World Series after Bill Mazeroski had hit the first walk-off home run to end a World Series back in 1960. For the Phillies, it would be 15 years before they got in the World Series again. Then, then it would be back-to-back -back in 2008 and 2009. The Phillies won the series in 2008 against the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and then they lost the World Series, as I mentioned earlier, to the Yankees in 2009. And they're back in the World Series again. The Phillies are, and it's going to start tonight. This is Friday night as I'm 
making this recording. There'll be games Friday night, Saturday night, and then next Monday and Tuesday, they'll be back in Philadelphia for games three and four. And games five, six, and seven will be if necessary. It'll all depend on how well the Phillies hold up against the Astros, what they can do against Justin Verlander and Christian Javier, pitchers the Yankees couldn't do a whole lot with. I'm glad I had a chance to talk to you about the Phillies today. Come around again sometime, and we'll think of some other interesting baseball topic. Thanks for coming by. Have a good day.